Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily, and we are continuing our summer reading series that's going to actually carry us into the fall. Uh, so today I'm here with author Taryn S. She writes books on Southern Conjure, and she's written seven books. Her newest book is called Conjuring Dirt. Great title, Conjuring Dirt, Magic of Footprints, Crossroads, and Graveyards, and it's coming out October 1st. Taryn is also the founder of the House of Witchcraft, which is an in-person and online community, and it includes covens and annual retreats for those participating. So I'm really excited to talk to Taryn, and I'm super excited about her book. Welcome, Taryn. Hello, hello. hello. Thank you so much, Emily, for having me. Yeah. I'm so excited when I get to talk about dead things. <laughs> and that is the best introduction. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the conjuring dirt, yeah. dirt itself, mm -hmm. and, and everything that's in it. You can pick up a handful of dirt and you've got the entire universe. Everything yes. that ever was, everything that ever is, and everything that ever will be, you're holding. Yeah, that is and, so incredible. And so I took that with that thought of, what do you do with it? <laughs> yeah. And for us, uh, I'm low country. The low country is the region just above Charleston, South Carolina, all the way to just below Savannah, Georgia. Um, and we go over close to the Midlands. We're the coastal region. We are one of the oldest regions in America. And we are a funky gumbo. Our history... <laughs> It, that's the best way to describe I love that description <laughs> when you're talking the south uh especially Charleston which uh in early colonial times was part of the middle passage uh -huh. you know the vast majority of Africans came in that area they actually landed in Sullivan's Island um uh, right below Charleston and where the auctions would happen at uh -huh. and everything and so that brought a very big influence into this region in our magic in our knowledge our folklores our stories that we tell you know by the late 1700s South Carolina had five black people to every one white person uh -huh. so we were influenced by yeah. black folk yeah. And our history has stayed that. And over the years, we've blended to the point that we don't know our differences at other times, but yet we have different magics going on. As I was speaking, we do have our African magics that have come in. The Gullah folk were able to stay on the sea islands. Mm -hmm. Those are closed traditions that are kept within families. And then we have blended magic because we've had blended families. Mm -hmm. And through that is where we find the Southern conjurer side, where we have that European influence in which is coming in. And as the Southern conjurer for the low country, it's always very important that we start with the fact our magic 
is influenced by the middle passage. Mm-hmm. We have to start there. You know, I'm of uh, Irish descent. I mean, my folks became white in the early 1900s. For people that may, you know, white subjective, it changes over time. It does. And all of this influenced the magic that's going on, the stories that are on this dirt here, and the folk magic, because its rule was kept very intact. It still is intact in the region I live in. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the way things have been done for hundreds of years. Now- we paint our porches paint blue to keep the boo hag off. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, paints are evil spirits. The, within Gullah tradition, the belief is that a person carries a soul mm-hmm. that can go to heaven if are to up to uh wherever realm you believe but the spirit stands different mm-hmm. the spirit can stay on the land the genie loci the spirit of place uh-huh. all right that essence of the person can become a spirit it can become a good spirit a good ancestral spirit or it can become a bad spirit a hint Or it can become the worst of the haints, a boo hag. And it is the basis that it was a person at one point. Their soul has gone on, but their spirit piece has stayed. We find this really similar when we look into both uh, traditional witchcraft that believes that there are three parts of the soul as Mm -hmm. well. And then their third part is the fetch. And it's within the fetch that they fly. They only fly with a piece of their spirit. You don't take the whole spirit. Egyptians as well have this duality. And when we get into many of our indigenous folks, there is this duality of spirit and soul. And for some, there's that third in between energy, like traditional witchcraft with fetch. And so there's a complexity to our stories that you have to have that context just to say, oh, it's a spirit. You're like, yeah, no, not really. It's actually a spirit of, uh, a lot of times it was a bad person. Mm-hmm. And go to their grave and put them to rest. You know, it's something here that's very prominent for us is the first year you have to pray down the spirit. Oh. When someone's dead dies. Uh-huh. The first year is very important. And this will bring you back into like Catholicism and purgatory, where you can pray somebody out of purgatory. Um, with, for us, we believe that the first year that the uh, body's in the ground is when it's still transitioning. And it uh-huh. may not like being dead. It may not know it's dead. It may have some issues. So it's very important the first year that you visit the grave and you pray it down. You're keeping the spirit down. You can put gifts. That's where you'll see they put, they'll put like a sewing machine on grandma's grave. When I say put gifts on the grave. You're not messing around. (laughs) It's gifts on the grave. (laughs) Especially if you think grandma's not happy being dead. Uh And that grandma's got a little trouble to her. Then you're going to want to bring her things that she likes. And if she really liked to sew, then you would take her her sewing machine. Uh Uh-huh. 
All right, because you got to keep that spirit down. We don't want it to become restless. If it becomes restless and it's not at peace with itself, then it can become a hate. Aha. Uh -huh. And so all of these traditions are coming into play. And when we talk like uh, conjuring dirt, for me, was almost a love letter to the land I stand on. Uh-huh. Sorry. Burp, burp, burp. My oh, little dog. That's all right. I get dogs too. And and I'm sure all the listeners have heard them because they go for it. <laughs> I was like, he's listening too. Um, now I done fell off my, ra my railroad with my train track on uh <laughs> The conjuring dirt, though, became a love letter from me. Yes, to you found it. <laughs> I, I I stand on and the stories and understanding that, like I was talking earlier, that dirt carries the memories of everything yeah. ever in it, and that it footprints. Mm -hmm. Just your foot in the dirt has left a signature of energy. Yes. You know, and that, that leave no trace. Be mindful. Um, and also at the same time, understanding that you can use that footprint dirt for both very beneficial things and a couple of little baneful things we're not supposed to be talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm like, if he's gossiping, you get you some of his dirt, put it in a jar with some nettle leaf and you shake it up every time you hear he's talking bad and it'll put uh -huh. stinging in his tongue. So he can't talk no more bad. Wow. Yeah. I've heard that one. That's doing a little something, huh? That's doing a little something. <laughs> That's what we call it. We're just doing a little something. I'm like, he's gossiping. Where's he been walking at? I'll take care of that. We ain't got no problem. Um, a lot of times in the traditional witchcraft, contemporary pagan will refer to it as a tag law. Uh-huh. I've heard that term. Where, right. You're tag locking where you're looking for a personal connection. A lot of times hair, yep. nail clippings, a piece of clothing, a picture, knowing personals about that person, like you know where their date of birth, you know, you know, like who their mom and daddy is, or you know, details. Mm -hmm. And you write them details down and things like that. Uh you can use the footprint dirt the same way. It's a tag lock. Uh-huh. And you can use it for protection as well. If you know someone's off traveling, that's the last footstep they took. And when I say a little skip, I always tell folks when I do workshops, I, I at my workshop, I get everybody a little wooden tablespoon. Mm-hmm. To encourage y'all to understand you don't need a lot. You don't you need don't a big old up. jar. <laughs> don't be showing up with a shovel and bucket. Right, right. All right. You need a little sprinkle. You need a little dash. You know, you need just enough to hold into the bottom of your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and typically it's about a half a tablespoon, tablespoon. But that's where you would take the the last dirt of, of somebody that you love, that you know is traveling and you would take that dirt up and do your protection working included in a spell of safety mm -hmm. so that that person is traveling, you know, and, and nothing happens to them. Mm -hmm. 
there are so many wonderful things you can do with footprint dirt. I love that. I totally love that. And, and I'm curious, as I'm listening to you talk, Taryn, did you learn all of this as you were growing up uh, there in the South? Or, you know, is this something you specifically studied? Do you feel like this is, you all know, this is something that just got imbued over time in the culture in which you grew? I grew up in it. I don't right. know any different. Yeah. Yeah. I can I mean, one of a funny story I tell is uh, going up to church. If you mm -hmm. want to know who the workers are, the practitioners, uh -huh. the conjuring folk, wait till after service is over and see who walks up to the front altar. You will see little old ladies with a purse walking up and they open up that purse and they take out a little something. You know, it's a little something. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll stand there and they say a little prayer over it when they put it back in their purse. Ah. I mean, it gets in front of you. You yes. don't not see it. It's, you know, um, sitting somewhere, somebody will say something and it irritates people. And, and you'll hear them say, don't you be getting none of my dirt. Uh -huh. Leave my dirt alone. So you grow up hearing these statements or, you know, somebody will be like, Ooh, I'm going to go get some of his foot dirt. Mm -hmm. You know what he did. All right. And you have to understand, I mean, cause we do prayer circles is what we like to do. Uh-huh. All right. That's, that's our, our hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and, we do, and some of these little old ladies will get in there. They'll be like, I'm not gossiping. I'm not telling no one's business. But we all need to pray for Judy because y'all know that she was out after midnight on Saturday and that her <laughs> husband wasn't with her. All right. Yeah. And you I just. Got, yes. Yeah. Bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody needs to get a little bit of Judy's dirt and we need to put it up on the porch so she knows to stay home. Uh-huh. And then you go on with the prayer. Uh-huh. And that's all that's ever said. Right. I love it though. I love I love hearing a story like that because it just really speaks to the way that culture is intertwined with all of the beliefs of of <laughs> the people who have inhabited a place, right? So you get that that magical piece, but there's also this prayer element that feels very tied to Christianity or Catholicism or, you know, that piece. So it's all interwoven. And I just, it feels very much like a tapestry. You can't take our magic out. Right. Of our culture. Our culture is magical. Our food is magical. I mean, the low country food, people from all over the world come to learn how to do what we do here. Uh, you know, um, with shrimp and grits. Uh-huh. Yes. Okra. Yeah. Mm. Fried green tomatoes. You know, we do black eyed peas on New Year's Eve. Yep. Good luck with collard greens. Okay. And you can't take our magic out of that belief. It's part of our food. You can't take our food because we like to eat. Right. And so you're right. It's this very intertwined. And that's when people are like, you know, can, can I learn this? And I'm like, yes and no. 
-hmm. Yes, you can learn a lot of it because we do document it. We are predominantly an oral tradition. Um, so much of, like I said, what goes on is just little old lady saying stuff out loud, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to live it. You've got to stand on that dirt. And another thing is when you're talking about different traditions outside your own, um, if you do have an affinity towards them, I always recommend first looking to a way that you can give to the community. Look ah. for a way that you can be of benefit to that community before you ever look for taking from it. Yeah. All right. You can't take our magic and use it the way we do because you haven't given the offerings that we've given. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. That's a really, I think, valuable thing for everybody to just take to heart. Um, kind of in general, not just talking about magic, but just talking about anything you're feeling really drawn to. How do you give to that before you start to ask if you can even have a yes, piece of it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. ma'am. That's like when you're going into a graveyard, first thing you're going to do is stop and give honor to the gatekeeper. Uh-huh. And he's going to let you know if the graveyard's open to you. Uh -huh. He's going to let you know through that feeling. Yeah. I can't tell you how you're going to feel, but I can tell you, you're going to know. Right. If you're being truthful and that when you stand there, you'll know if like, Ooh, I feel welcome or Ooh, this don't feel right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it's honoring yourself, your feeling and knowing that you are connecting to spirit and giving those offerings because just because you can walk in it doesn't mean you should. Right. Not all graves are yours to go and uh, take from, mm -hmm. you know, um, especially when we get into necromancy, we are making a contract with spirit. Mm -hmm. Even if it's with your grandma and you have grandma's dirt. When you've got her dirt, you are wanting grandma to be proud of you. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people will come and be like, oh, I went and got dirt and nothing happened. They're not talking to me. And I'm like, well, are you living your life well? Oh, uh-huh. Would grandma be proud of where you're at right now and want to talk to you? Or did you just go knock up grandma and ask her to help you and you ain't done shit? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, grandma wants you to clean your room before she gives you a snack. Right. So yeah. maybe you ought to clean up your mess a little bit, show a little honor to grandma, and then go ask her for something. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> you know? that's the same theme that we were just saying. It's like, what are you giving before you're trying to take or receive? If we were yes. going to change that to a more open place, not take, but receive. Um, what have you contributed? Yeah. Yeah. All right, if you show up at the buffet, what did you bring to add? Or did you just show up to take everybody else's stuff? Right. Totally. You know, and we do deal with that a lot when we, the different magical traditions, especially when we get into folk magic, we get into hoodoo, we get into indigenous magics. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> boys, boys, they're just determined today to... Um, understanding the this is these are complete cultures complete mm -hmm. tapestries you cannot take one piece out of it and expect it to work the way it's doing for these folks you right know? absolutely 
and you can become part of it though you you can come live spend some time get to know the dirt and the magic is available to you Mm -hmm. but no you can't just read a book I can't read a book about flying an airplane either I gotta go get in the damn airplane right and it doesn't matter what magic you're interested in what traditions where you're wanting to go if you're really wanting that experience you've got to go immerse yourself mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. just can't be done afar I wish right you know as you're talking I'm thinking about when we started before we hopped on to the recording I had said something about how I'm very much about magic of place and that's something that I feel really pulled to and I just think about um just the idea of being in relationship which is really what we're talking about here. It's not just about like, I'm going to do this thing and get this thing. It's about what kind of relationship are you having with the energies around you? And it's about relationship, you know, as we talk about dirt, it's, yeah, we talk about people leaving energy and all of that, but we also just talk about the earth itself and being in right relationship with the earth and knowing that we have to care for this dirt beneath our feet in order for it to care for us, that it's very reciprocal. Um, and that's really what I'm hearing you talk about too, as far as, as that goes, that, that connection yes. of what are you bringing to the table? And also every place has magic. Yes. I talk about the low country cause that's what I do. Um, but, uh, uh it, it is magic itself is formed through bioregionalism, mm-hmm. a really wonderful, big, fancy word that breaks down to say that what you're doing on this side of the mountain may not be what I'm doing on the other side of the mountain. We're in our own biosphere. Right. We're in our own plant life, animal life, our own dirt. And they're different. Mm-hmm. If you want to connect to this magic of dirt, it's in your backyard. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go far. You know, and it's about learning the local plants that are in your backyard growing, yes. starting to understand the eco relationship that you're in. And I often tell folks the best thing you can do is whatever town you live, and I don't care if it's a town of 600 people, they have a little museum. It mm-hmm. only may be open on Thursday afternoon from one to three, but it's totally. Open. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you know that museum, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You need to go there. You need to know who the founders of your town are. Mm-hmm. If you're going to cast a circle, you're going to open a crossroads, you're going to create a compass, whatever you're doing, you need to honor the dirt. These people founded it. Not to mention the founders of our towns want them to succeed. They want the people to do well aren't these not the best protectors we could bring into our space mm-hmm. well the the spirits of local who are the local spirits the people that have lived here yeah yeah get to know their stories and when you're standing in your space creating magic all of that knowledge gets transferred into a magical energy that you can work with because you're connected to it you yes. know the plants, the stories, the seasons, you know? And a lot of times it's not, oh, do I go read it? It's go live it. Uh-huh. 
go visit the oldest cemetery that you can find in your area. Take a couple of minutes. I always encourage folks to have picnic with the dead. Yes. I love it's doing the, that. Picnic with the dead is the best mm -hmm. thing to do in the springtime. <clears throat> Read those names out loud. Mm -hmm. Maybe one's going to hit with you. Write it down. Go home and Google them. Learn their story so that you can go back and give them offerings that you think they're going to like. And this is how we develop connections with the dead. Mm -hmm. You know, time, research, effort. And yeah. then we take a good spiritual bath, <laughs> get our basket together, and we go into the graveyard. Mm -hmm. All right. When we walk in a graveyard, we walk in honor, reverence, and respect. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a reason to be there, you ought not be there. If you don't feel called, don't go. Right. You know? And for those of us that do tend to the dead, who do commune with them and spend time, all right, this is our happy place. Yes. And, and and for us, these are spirit folk that end up becoming those beautiful little intuition nudges and pushes. Uh -huh. The whisper in the wind that you're in the right place. And, all, and so it's, it's about having a healthy relationship. Um, we are in no way about commanding or compelling and doing evil, nefarious deeds at night, um, making the dead raise up and all that. Crap. Right. Um, that's Hollywood. It is. It is. Uh, it's, it makes people sometimes do some wild things, but uh, but it, I am 100% on board with it's. It is about the relationship. And when you develop these relationships, things just sort of happen. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, very little effort. It just happens. If you uh -huh. live your life well, and, and living your life well means that you have a strong moral compass, you have uh -huh. a strong ethical code. Uh -huh. All right. We talked earlier for us, you know, we are, have that Christian aspect um, my area has more Protestant, whereas if you get down over closer to NOLA, New Orleans, you pick up more Catholicism, uh -huh. all right? Whereas their, their hoodoo and conjure has much more Catholicism, whereas I have much more Protestants. That's that bioregionalism occurring. Right. You know, and we we can tell the difference between each other, but for outsiders, they're like, okay, who's doing what? Uh, you know. We don't work with the saints as much. You will see um, IFA uh, a lot of times in the uh, the Black communities, the African uh, religions, IFA mm -hmm. is is being practiced here. And so you, you'll see it over there occasionally. And again, that's where we have all sorts of magics happening on the same dirt. We all go to the same botanica. We chat with each other. You know, and not any real conflicts. I, I mean, you know, it's like the voodoo priest and the Protestant minister have lunch together. Uh-huh. And that's normal. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the sheriff always stops by. Um, 
Well, he gets a charm so he don't get shot. Oh, well, that's smart. All the police, the uh, all your deputy folk around here have uh, protection charms from uh, Papa Ninko, the local voodoo priest. Are you in a small town? 5,000 people. Oh, yeah. Definitely small. I don't know. Um, I'm actually 20 miles outside of Charleston. Okay. So I'm in a small town, but I'm still close. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but- Charleston itself is still a small southern town. It is nothing to compare when you talk like California. I mean, I just two years in San Diego, 2.8 million people. Yeah, yeah. In the county. I I don't even know if the entire state of South Carolina has that many people (laughs) in it. I don't either, but now I want to Google it and find out. (laughs) Well, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, no, I'm going to Google that. Yeah. Because I really, but you know, um, yes, yeah, so we are we are smaller in scale and everything else. So. Well, and I think that influences how the relationships amongst the people also unfold, you know, and the overlap. And there's a lot more dual relationships, right? Because you're a smaller town, so people are playing multiple roles within that. Yes, yes. Mm. I mean, one of our favorite stories is, of course, is Doc Buzzard who's from Beaufort, South Carolina. Beaufort's just right down the road the other way. Okay. Doc Buzzard um, was one of the most well-known hoodoo men. Okay. He was like Marie Laveau famous. All right. We got a couple of good conjuring. It's like we got Papa George is another one down in New Orleans as well. But Doc Buzzard was up here in South Carolina, very famous for his court work. Uh-huh. People from all over the South. And I'm talking as far as Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky. They would come to see Doc Buzzard because he could put a little foot powder. Foot powder is a little mixture that you make up and you sprinkle it where you know the person's going to walk. Oh. Some. And Doc Buzzard was well known for making sure that the court always went in your favor the judge would go in your favor type thing uh-huh. and doc bus would actually show up in the courthouse and be sprinkling his powder in front of the prosecuting lawyer oh my goodness okay i mean this isn't being hidden this right. is being done in court all right that's fascinating um, no no that's not the good part of this. <laughs> oh okay that's, that's just intro <laughs> We also had Sheriff uh, Jeter, and Sheriff Jeter had been going up against Doc Buzzard, all right, because Doc Buzzard's trying to get him out of jail. Sheriff Jeter's trying to put him in jail. Uh Uh-huh. So Doc Buzzard's up there sprinkling his foot powder, trying to keep this man out of jail. Do you know what Sheriff Jeter did? He stood up and started sprinkling his powder, too. (laughs) True story. Document it. Oh my God. What time period was this? Um, 1950s. Oh, wow. Yeah, not that this, long ago. Just not that long ago. No. Um, and um, actually, after Doc Buzzard died, Sheriff Jeter took over his uh, hoodoo practice. Oh. <laughs> just to even make it more confusing so people don't understand us. And we referred to Sheriff Jeter until he died as the white voodoo doctor. Ah. Because right. Doc Buzzard was black. Oh my goodness. All right. 
Um, and then that's like, a great story. <laughs> no, the great part is their true story. I know. Well, right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you don't have to make it. I'm sitting here thinking, why do they make up stories on Hollywood about us? We are far more interested in real life. Uh huh. I mean, one of the best stories, and of course you can, for your viewers, if you're interested in getting a little bit of what I'm talking about with our eccentricities, watch the movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oh yeah. I forgot about that movie. I saw that a long time ago. Go back and watch it with a little bit of appreciation. Minerva, her real name was Natalie, was the, the conjuring woman. Her great niece lives right down the road and is still working. Oh, wow. All right. It, those people are real. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was a very fascinating story. My daughter actually worked for a family that used to go to his uh, Christmas parties. So when you talk about we all know each other. Yeah. 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 And and we know who your granddad was. Mm -hmm. And then you're dealing with like uh, plantation. We have plantations here that um, the black folks stayed on the plantation. So you have the 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 white family that at one point was the enslavers, the black family that was slaves, and they all live in the same community on the same road together. Wow. And uh, we're only three generations off of reparations. Yeah. People often like to treat it as ancient history. But it's not. I, when, um, uh, uh, we knew a man that his grandfather was enslaved. Uh-huh. All right. He still, it's still very fresh, more so than what people realize. But at the same time, in our communities, we've made peace with, for the most part. It's like here in Charleston, just an amazing grant where they're spending the next couple of years going through and mapping all of the Black and enslaved grave sites, mm -hmm. graveyards. I know because I'm part of the project. Wow. I get to go look for dead people, so I'm so excited. <laughs> it's like, I want to do it. Um, well, not just was, look for them, but then get to name, like, give them honor and, and awareness. Yes. And yeah, yeah. And I think and, that's such an important reminder, because I do think that with the rapidness of, of just the way we work, we work now in the world, like our, our Western culture is very rapid and fast moving. And I think that with technology, especially we've gotten so far away from what what our historical roots are and how close we actually are to all of that. And I think it's so important to remember that. That's, I think, one of the things that Conjure is about knowing the dirt, yeah. the stories of yes. the dirt. Yeah, I'm you really know? hearing that. Yeah, and, and we have to have our past so that we know where we're going. Yes, and, I totally agree. I'm, we need to tell these stories. Mm -hmm. Yes, Bert, we're going to tell. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I got, I got part of that story to tell. <laughs> you know, um, and making sure, and that's where taking the time to listen to the older generations. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. something that I see a lot of times where you talk about a fast-paced community is we've lost our intergenerational yes. communities. 
We've lost young folks sitting with old folk. Mm -hmm. All right. We're all pretty much in bubbles of interest. Yeah. That's where we're at. And we don't have that generational sitting on a porch, listening to the old folk tell the stories of remember when, you know, and you can get involved locally in your communities to learn these stories. You can, you know, get out there and go meet the old people. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, but again, it's going to take effort. It's beyond reading a book and it's not a 30 second microwave clip. Right. Totally. Uh, I moved to California and I told you, you know, earlier before um, where I was there for seven years and I felt like the last two years, I finally caught the rhythm. Mm -hmm. It took me several years to get into community, to get to know the grocery lady down the street, that I took the time to talk to her. Uh -huh. And I learned about her grandma and her, her grandma, actually, they used to have a ranch that was on the Mexican border and the government took it away from them. Uh -huh. I, heard, I learned all sorts of really cool history stories in my local grocery store because well, I stopped and asked somebody. Exactly. And stood there and listened to her tell me her stories. Uh -huh. and, and they're everywhere. They're all around us. They and, are. You, you know, a lot of times people feel like they've got to go find the magic. Somehow the magic's over here. And I'm here and there's no magic here. And that's not what it is. The magic's right there in front of you. And it's like right in front of your face. You can't see it. Right. You just have to feel into it and be open to receiving it and recognize that it is everywhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that the mm -hmm. earth carries all of those stories. And when we're working with dirt, we're working with all of those stories. Yes. And I'll... The importance of the root working with herbs is uh, we talk about the spirit of the root and there's an old conjuring woman here and which will tell you, you don't know the spirit of the root until you know the dirt that it was in. Uh-huh. And that, and I've really got me that whole deep rabbit hole thought of she is so right. Yeah. You know, yeah. what is the story around it and what's going on and why, you know, is this good dirt? Is this a dirt alive and fertile or is this dead dirt? And well, and it, it's a metaphor for life too, right? When we look at patterns and history and behaviors and wounds and all of that, it's like, well, what's, what's cooking around that? Like, let's look at the, well, let's look at the container um, as well. Yes. And yeah. she'll talk when she talks about roots, she'll tell you who it's friends with. Uh-huh. And she's telling you who grows local or she'll tell you who it don't like. Uh-huh. All right. Yes. Well, certain things don't like certain things. We True. all know that. We just don't plan them beside each other. Right. So if you know that, why would you use them in magic together? Uh-huh. All right, it all goes back. You know, if you want to be good at working the spirit of the roof, you need to know the dirt it's in. You need to know who it gets along with, who it don't like. All right, mm -hmm. that is going to tell you how you're going to use it magically. It don't matter if it's aligned with Venus or not. I'm just saying, I probably right. ought not have, but. Okay. 
no, just that you bring, you bring what is, what's true for you. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I'm curious if people check out your book, which I really hope they do this, this recent book, uh, what, what are some of the main like key points? Like how have you organized it for people to understand this idea of conjuring dirt? Um, well, actually, that's why it ended up being in three sections, because uh-huh. there's the footprints, crossroads, and graveyards, because I really, you can't really put those dirts, they're very distinctive dirts, uh-huh. so I ended up with three sections really going into those different dirts. Nice. I mean, there's lots and lots of dirts, but I ended up picking the footprints, the crossroads, and that's the crossroads magic, the crossroads mm-hmm. energy. And again, that's a very Southern thing for us. We have the devil at the crossroads, you know, and I tell the story of Robert Johnson, who was one of the greatest blues uh, players. And he actually wrote a song. I went down to the crossroads, fell to my knees, asked the Lord, oh, please, please help Robert, you know, uh, where he made a deal with the devil, uh, became one of the greatest blues players of all times. Um, and he was dead at 29 mm-hmm. uh, before it all hit the airwaves. Yeah. That deal with the devil. I've you heard know? that story. Yeah. But, you know, the, well, the famous 29 club, mm-hmm. and which is a whole other thing, you know, because you're dealing with uh, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse. Who else? There's a couple I'm missing there. But we've had some really amazing musicians that like got really good died and then their music got even more famous and so the belief is they made a deal with the devil Uh uh-huh you know and the crossroads themselves are very symbolic here as i was talking you know um uh one of the things for us our local spirits here are our haints which Mm -hmm. are not good spirits you have to be careful and mindful and they like to hang out in crossroads right you know, and all the other stories of the crossroads. And so I had that whole section where I felt like the crossroad needed its story. Uh-huh. And then, of course, the cemeteries. Everybody wants things that dirt out of the cemetery. And I'm like, yeah, that's just one of many. Right. It's, it's not, we don't all have collections of different uh, cemetery dirt sparks. Right. In fact, we typically do not keep it around us unless we are in use of it. The only time we do have it is if it's ancestral Uh or a spirit connection to us where we're giving honor to it and we're feeding it. And by feeding it, it means that we are saying prayers. It's an active altar Uh where you stop and say hey to grandma in the morning. Or if you have a spirit guide, you may stand in front of that altar and do a little divination light the candle for that person say a prayer you know um i always encourage people to let your prayer be within words that that spirit knows Uh uh-huh so if you are dealing with somebody that you know is within catholicism say a catholic prayer doing protestant protestant prayer you're dealing with somebody who's you know a neo-pagan They've got uh, beautiful books on the dearly departed. Say a prayer like that. Find something. And if you don't know what prayer they like, find a piece of poetry you think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, play music. 
uh, one of the things that we did that was really one of the, um, for the Feast of the Dead, we did that during uh, the season of the dead, the time of the dead, Sal Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a musical night where we played old music that we knew that our grandparents and great grandparents would have heard. Uh huh. And it was so, and we all had moments. Yeah. But it was so amazing. And, and it was just by playing music. Yeah. We had a big dance party for the dead. And so we played music that they heard mm-hmm. and, and just enjoyed ourselves. And like I said, we all had moments. We all had our little spiritual connection moment by doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's so much of it's simple and easy. Yes. It's yeah. not go buy this, go do it. No, it's just go look in your kitchen. Conjure at its uh, finest is about using what you have when you need it. That's one of my things I say all the time. Use what you got. You don't, you don't need all these fancy things. Yes. Having, you know, 50 decks of tarot cards can be really fun, but you don't actually need that to, to divine anything. Um, There's so many things to work with that are right at your fingertips that are in, in your home and almost have more meaning because they have your energy imbued in them from your day to day. Yeah. I want something out of my yard versus yeah. something that Amazon sent me. Yes. I question. What happened <laughs> to it. I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking who touched it? Did they yeah. have a bad day? Uh, you know, so talk about it. if you want to get the evil eye put on you, go to the grocery store about six o'clock in the evening everybody's aggravated it's true they're all hangry they're all there because yes. they're starving <laughs> yes and so i'm like they're like oh somebody might be putting a curse i'm like sweet i don't worry about that i worry about the people in the grocery store putting an evil eye on me yeah <laughs> that's what i worry about it's dangerous there you got to be prepared that's hysterical you know? yes um and that's where that real life application. I'm like, I don't really want to know about all that fancy stuff. I just need a little magic so I can get a parking space. Yes. That's all. That's Voodoo me up a parking space and I'll be happy. Sing all it, right? sister. Yep. <laughs> um, and a lot of it, when you get into the conjure, it is real world problems. Yeah. That's it. You know, we're not uh, really about uh, trying to attain Godhead. We're not part of the ascended masters. You know, we just want, you know, doing a little something so that tomorrow is a little better. Right. It's practical everyday magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, I love and that going so much. at it like that. Mm-hmm. Working with dirt is practical. It is. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overthink it just do what really feels right your spirit will guide you well that's that's the message right listen listen to yourself listen to the energy around you and work with those things and you know like you said your spirit will guide you Mm -hmm. so taryn if people want to connect with you if they want to work with you do you have offerings out there in the world and ways that they can reach out um, I'm a bit of a recluse, but yes, <laughs> I come out periodically. Um, you can go to houseofwitchcraft.com uh, where uh, we have wonderful people who put out a newsletter. 
um, and we do have offerings uh, where we uh, do online virtual uh, full moons and mm -hmm. meditations and workshops. And then uh, here in person at the barn, um, I do full moons. Okay. Um, but I tell people, start with houseofwitchcraft.com and just see where the rabbit hole takes you. Wonderful. Um, if you're here in the low country in Charleston, um, definitely reach out to me because I'm getting ready to light the bonfire up next month. All right. Yeah. Okay. And if they want to find your books, I know that Conjuring Dirt is available on, I know people can get it on Amazon. Are there other places they can find I'm like it? pretty much everywhere. Okay. Wherever books are sold. I'm, um, I don't know if you can get it. Like, do they sell our books at like Books a Million and Barnes and Noble and things? I've never I think, heard. I don't know. I know that, um, I know there's some moon books that you can find at like metaphysical shops and, yeah. uh, and small bookstores. Um, but I, I don't mean, know I'm, about the big ones. I know the. I tell everybody to go to Amazon. Yeah. It's yeah. where I send everyone to. Um, I do know there's a couple of the smaller shops that have uh, my other book in it. And like you said, I assume Moon Books has its distribution. Yeah. But you can pre-order it now and it will ship on October 1st. I love pre-ordering books because it's the most exciting thing. You're like, what came in the mail? I didn't order anything. And then it's like, ooh, a surprise. <laughs> I love it too. I yes. do. I pre-order a book and then I'll forget. Exactly. And then exactly. like a month, two months later, all of a sudden this, this, and I'm like, wow. Yes, exactly. I love it. It's like, a, it's like, thank you past self for knowing my future self really needed this. <laughs> yes. And, um, and that's something that, um, if folks are wanting to know more about conjure, you're mm -hmm. wanting to understand and you want to look at it as within an academic magical level, the best you can go to is Corey Hutchinson wrote the book, New World Witchery. Okay. And which is, uh, tells about all of the different traditions and everything. He is a folklorist, premier academic college professor. He's one of them smarty pants people, <laughs> but he's super nice. I, okay. But New World Witchery is a good place to start. The second, and if you are wanting a more dissertation level where you're wanting to really get up into the quantum physics of Conjure, you're going to go to the Conjure Codex written Whoa. by Jake Stratton. Jake is the, was, he just recently passed, he was America's premier occultist and magician. The occultists refer to themselves as magicians, not the sleight of hand but um jake stratton wrote and it's a five book series that breaks down really understanding what conjure is about within an academic occult level because we traced much of our history back to king david and people uh, are like where'd you get your magic from i'm like king david where'd you get yours <laughs> nice all right yeah and there's well, King David, we often think about the story of David, the founding of the Jewish faith, David, but he was also our first occultist. Oh, interesting. What do you think the star of David is? I, you know, I've heard a lot of different things about that, but I had not put it all together. And his son 
is King Solomon. Uh -huh. The lesser keys of Solomon, the 76 demons, the seven circles to contain a demon, the ring that will destroy any demon known, are all attributed to King Solomon. Yes. When we look at Cornelius Agrippa, the three books of occult philosophy, his entire beginning of Western occultism is based on David, King David, and King Solomon's works. Uh -huh. And we also attribute uh, three of the remaining Psalms, because we only have 150 out of thousands left, were written by King Solomon. So when we have people ask, you know, I use the, the, uh, the book of Psalms within a grimoire tradition, why am I doing that? Because it was written within a grimoire tradition, meaning it is a book of spells. It is a book of intangible incantations and a book of lamentations uh -huh. are the two verses that you find within the psalms and for conjuring we've always that the psalms is magical the psalms is magical where are we getting this from we're getting it from way back you know uh -huh. i mean we were doing this magic before the christians even read the psalms this is so interesting okay Terry, we, could, we could keep going. I feel like we're, we could go down so many rabbit holes here together. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. It's just that there's so much. And I'm like, I I'm finding myself going, okay. And then, okay, stop, Emily. Don't go there. Like <laughs> reel it back in. There is, but it's back to, it's that really amazing tapestry. Yes. It's no, absolutely. Connected. Absolutely. And, and, and magic has been with us since the beginning of. I mean, we yeah. have, you know, 40,000 year old artifacts that we know were being used magically, spiritually, yes. somehow. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and so we've been doing this for a long, long time. And we've been doing it by being in our own backyards. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the piece. <clears throat> Everybody get outside, go into <clears throat> your backyard and be with the dirt be with the land that you are on even if you're in the city there's still dirt there oh, under that asphalt city dirt is so good yes it is there's a whole <laughs> thing on it y'all urban witches uh-huh got access to some good stuff you can get four busy corners go find you the four busiest corners in the city and get you a little dirt from all of them night put it all together and you got your busy ass, get it done, going places dark. Oh, I like that. I oh, mean, see? I probably don't need that because I'm I'm yes. a little too much fire as it is. I'm getting too many things done. So uh, I don't know if that would help me or like I might become incapacitated after that experience. But <laughs> but I love the idea of it. So so Karen, yes. Thank you so much for, for being here today. And um, I'm going to include your contact information, you know, for, for the House of Witchcraft and then also these resources and then links to your book. So all of that will be in the show notes for anybody who wants to go and check all of that out. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm selling other people's books now too. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's all about resources. I, let's, let's get as much information as we can. That's sort of my, my thing. My favorite part about Corey's book, New World Witchery, is at the end of every chapter is a list of resource books. Nice. He is a great book. I always recommend that for folks that are wanting to get into this realm. Um, oh. And it just, 
good resources. And I want to thank you so much. I oh, have yeah. been, this has been so enjoyable. I know it's super fun. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We could talk for a really long time. Like, <laughs> which is lovely. So I, I appreciate you and I, I thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so happy. Like I said, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and everything else uh, and all. And and just thank you. You are so welcome. And to everybody listening, be sure to check out those show notes and go get Taryn's book. And until next time, keep it magical. Hey there, friends. Emily here from Wise Woman Witchery. If you like what you hear on The Witch Next Door, I invite you to support us. You can do that by rating, reviewing, liking, following, uh, what else? <laughs> Whatever else it is that you do on the platform you like to listen to podcasts on. By doing these things, it actually helps other people find us. And in that way, helps us spread the magic. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And thanks for being a listener. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.